Okay, what I got the most out of uh, the holiday season. I was doing a really great devotional every day and um, unwrapping the names of Jesus, doing the Advent calendar devotional in my um, Bible app. Right, and what really has stuck with me and what I'm really just dwelling on, and I think it's because it's going to be so usable right now in my life, is that Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart, right? She heard the wise men come and tell her these wonderful things, or, or maybe it was just the shepherds also, but all these things she treasured in her heart, and um, she treasured those things, and and just was able to hold on to that when a terrible time came. She had just good places to focus on, positive moments to focus on, and realizing that God will um, fulfill his promises through these hard, unusual, when you think there's no way, circumstances. And I'm really loving that and focusing on that and uh, treasuring up the sweet moments with my dad who has uh, stage 4 cancer and we moved up here to live closer to him during this time um, we've had like pretty good 6 months going on right now um, where it's gotten so good that some days you just take it for granted because he seems like he's doing just fine and then he'll have a day when he just can't get out of bed um, but cancer is, doesn't have to be the end of him and we can't live forever so he gets this like awakening to his mortality. We all get this awakening to like he's gonna die, but we can all—we're all gonna die. We're gonna—I'm gonna die too. Um, but we really don't focus on that. I don't ever focus on that. And um, I don't know. I was just thinking of these like just these beautiful moments that I had with him this Christmas. He was really excited. I. I did a Santa stocking for him. We don't really do Santa with my son, so I didn't really say it was from Santa because my son had a stocking too. But, um, you know, I did one for my dad, and he had a gift, which, you know, uh, my parents have stopped exchanging gifts. Just, um, you know, you kind of buy whatever you want when you want it kind of thing. Um, but his excitement was so sweet. It's like, oh, he didn't have to buy us all this stuff. But he was like, but I'm excited, you know. He was just like hoping that I was enjoying the giving, which I was. And this was a great Christmas for giving. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but it was just really nice to have him be excited like that. That's what I was shooting for. I wanted to just, you know, give him that taste of having his name on a stocking and having it full of goodies and things you're excited to see and open. And, um, and then just... Uh, just recently, my parents have gotten uh, a dog. They wanted a dog. And so we went to the shelter, and they wouldn't let us leave without seeing some puppies because we didn't have a fit before that. And uh, my mom saw a puppy, and she's taking a puppy home, and my husband was like, you know what? That other puppy's going to be there. Or maybe I said that. I think I said that. Like, oh, that other puppy's still there. And he's like, go back and get her. Go back and get her for us. Um... And uh, I don't know that we're going to keep her as ours because she has become <laughs> also theirs. 
Oh, but it was so sweet when my dad came home. He's like, so how was meeting the dog? And my mom pointed to the couch, and he walked around, and he, he looked at what looked like one dog sleeping on the couch. I noticed that there were two dogs there. And just the excitement in his eyes when he looked over at my mom and put up his two fingers. Just so exciting. You know, it gives him something else to, like, do. Let's not just get distracted by the fact that we're going to die. Let's just enjoy all this life around us. And uh, that's what we need to do. I, I have a hard time in my marriage, and I share that kind of stuff with you. I'm going to just attach this recording to my recording earlier this month when uh, my marriage was going uh, down the drain. I, and that's the hard thing. Um, thank you, Lord, for my husband who... Uh, I don't know. I guess... I call it his rug. He's able to kind of sweep everything under the rug and just move on like we're fine. And uh, sometimes that's just what you got to do. You got to just sweep it out, let it go, not overfocus on it, be willing to take any kind of ugly apology somebody will give you because I wasn't very nice and I didn't really apologize and I kind of sort of was like just trying to put my little bitty bit of an olive, olive branch out. Um, and and he took it and we've kind of been doing better from there I'm not very healed so I keep having these moments when stuff is welling up inside of me and then I'm like blurting out impulsive things or I am mad and want to kind of like you know but you said I do nothing so you know, I guess this is another overlooked thing. I do nothing. You know, like, I, I'm just kind of sour inside, and I, I need to stop that. My focus has also been, while I'm just enjoying this, uh, this time about remembering, you know, this whole holiday season has really let me have sweet moments about my dad, it has also really been very clear, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the beauty of what the gift of Christ is, is loving us and God loving us and God loving us. And it's like, our place is to love God. Um, and so I was reading that, like that part about, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Um, and these words I command each day should be on your heart, right? Because it's like, this is what you need to do. This is what you're supposed to teach your kids. This is what you're, you know, like everything. This is, this is pointing back to everything. You know, I'm, I'm regularly like, okay, am I making sure that I'm giving enough Bible to my son? But who cares if I'm giving him enough Bible if he has to hear me be a jerk to his dad with my little quips and my, my mean stuff and my, my hurt is like pouring out. What kind of healer am I saying that Jesus is when my when I'm not letting Jesus' healing work and holding back my impulse to try to take vengeance for myself or rectify things for myself? And, uh, you know, the other night, we were just having the A talk, not an angry talk. My husband was actually impressive. Um, I know that he's trying to put some energy into being in his Bible more. And his devotionals are based on marriage and 
you know, working with your wife and that kind of stuff. So he really was impressive. And I was just in a sour place, but I was trying to explain and talk through my stuff and just get over it with my husband. Um, and my, my three-year-old could pick up on that my voice had hurt in it and it was, and, and maybe anger and it was directed towards, uh, his dad. And he came over and he told me, he said, be nice. He's like putting his finger over his lips, like to shush me, but, but be nice. Not to stop talking, but be nice. And oh gosh, that poor kid had to tell me that a couple of times. And, you know, we're both like, yeah, I am being nice. See, I am trying to be nice. Dad's like, no, she's being nice. We're, we're talking. We're trying to get through stuff. We're, we are being nice. But he can pick up on it. He's, he knows. And how sweet he's, he is learning what I'm telling him because I am telling him sometimes with others, like, you have to be nice. We're, we're working on sharing. Be nice and be kind. And so he's coming and he's telling me, and he's, he is learning what I'm telling him. He will eventually be learning what I'm doing, that I'm saying one thing and doing another and that what I say doesn't really matter at all if I don't follow it myself. And so as I was reading about the love, the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, it's like that part with all of your might really got me because sometimes I feel so weak and powerless and I wanna come off as strong in my fight. That's one of my hurdles, It's or, or my pride, whatever it is, I'm just feeling so worthless and belittled and I want to be able to be like careless and strong. And I don't know if anybody else connects with that, but, um, I often will, the things that I regret of, of a fight are places where I really tried to like, uh, you know, be mean and say things like, well, I don't care. I do care. You know, I, I, I'm trying to say that I don't care so that it looks like I'm tougher, I think, or some, or, or trying to pretend like I can disconnect from it when it really is hurting me. Um, but I need to love God and love him as my Lord of my life by loving him with my might. That's where I'm trying to put my might with my, my strength. And I need to love him with that. And I need to like, my love for God will be expressed by my love for others. And uh, I, I easily love, like, strangers. I am easily a hugger. I am a smiler. I can chit-chat with you at the grocery store. I'm sure tons of people outside of my family think I am the best. <laughs> Sweet and kind and good and... Uh, all these kinds of things. That's not me. That is like <laughs> the spirit of the Lord. It's just like, finally, we don't have to go through all their her hateful hurdles. We could just actually love people. Um, it, for me, it's easy to love strangers. It is uh, different. It's particularly hard to love my particularly hard others. <laughs> the people in my life that happens to be like my husband my mom <laughs> um I kind of I can get there I think I, I think we can all get there sometimes with like our family members I don't know um my other family members uh, aren't you know I, I'm dwelling on the stuff for my dad but I think 
and I could easily get, I could easily get sensitive and hurt by my dad. Um, but I feel like, I guess it's the closeness because there's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a gap in the closeness Then it's not as easy to get hurt. I can just pull, but well, I do get hurt. I, I don't have a hard time loving him from where he's at, I guess. It's like, or, or he's just not, he doesn't bother me the same way. Our personalities are more similar, probably. <clears throat> I think what I'm saying is like, so, and actually my mom and my, my husband, well, my, my husband seems to be a lot like my dad. My husband is also a lot like my mom. Um, and just those hurdles, you know, of our personalities and our communication stuff, I, I end up having communication issues with both of them and I just get so like I, I don't know I don't have I don't have all the skills or the knowledge or the know-how or what to do but I can easily get hurt and angry and then um I'm hurt and angry and then I am I'm I'm not controlling my impulse to be sour um not usually trying to redirectly be mean you know, like, right away, usually. But I can say a couple of sour things. Gosh, I was rude to my husband yesterday. Oh, gosh, I was so rude. <laughs> I'm sitting here doing my devotional. He's like, hey, are you still doing your Bible time? I'm like, yeah, what do you need? <laughs> can, you, can you help me with this? And I was like, uh, clearly my Bible time was not working because, or I was not really focusing on it, or I don't know. I was like, here's a little bit of Bible time. Can you apply it, Andrea? No, apparently I cannot because I'm just dug in and was rude and said lots of little underhanded comments and, you know, belittled him. It was wrong. It was rude. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for that. It was so, so wrong. So what the heck, Andrea? with all this reading and all the stuff that you're working on and all the stuff that you want to know and, and going on. Um, and how much I love, I love, uh, I guess I love the idea of Jesus. I'm clearly not like putting down my stuff and following him. I'm still here carrying this cross, mad at my husband for his places as he's hurt me. And, and feeling like I'm going to take some kind of vengeance or I have something that needs to be said, um, and emotional, I don't know. Um, I often repeat to myself, like, God, you are our only hope. And to me, that just feels so true. Um... And then I was thinking today, it just came back to me because I was saying like, you know, when we love God with all of our heart, it's, it's with all of our heart so that your heart can't get heartbroken. It's not that we're not supposed to have a type of love for these humans, but our hope isn't supposed to be in them. You know, our hope is not in humans. Our hope is in God. Humans are human. They're no different than me. 
I make mistakes. I'm a jerk sometimes. I'm a jerk. I'm a, I don't even want to be a jerk. I'm like literally studying every day to not be a jerk. And then I'm impulsively a jerk and messed up like, what the heck? I spent all this time studying and hopefully I'm less of a jerk. I'm a, I'm a jerk. Maybe not less of a jerk, but I'm a jerk a lot less times. I don't know. I, I want to get better at controlling my impulse to just blurt out everything that I say. You guys have heard me say that before. Um, and I want to make sure that, and, and not, it's especially for my husband's benefit, but not just for his benefit, because I love God. I want to be obedient to him because I love him. I want to obey him. And... Uh, and I trust him. I trust that his way, I do know, I do know uh, that his way is going to be the way that I am the most satisfied, uh, the most content, the most uh, successful, the success that I'm looking for. You know, I don't, I do not want my, my, my marriage to end. Earlier this month, it was like, you know, that was kind of the discussion and I really do not want, I do not want that. Um, if nothing else, but just for the, the plain, like, I don't know. Uh, I do love my husband. I know a lot of people love each other still and they get divorced because they can't get along and they can't live like that and that kind of stuff. I don't want it to be like that. I want us to be able to like, I need to be able to figure out a way. If that means me bending more, that means me bending more. I'm totally okay with that because I genuinely do not want a life where I'm not with my son every day. I have to share time or split homes or any of that other kind of stuff. No, this, this is, that's a silly thing to me. Um, cause our fights are not, um, our fights are destructive because Satan has gotten into our, our heads and is calling our number on that stuff. But there, our fights are not these things that, uh, they're not end of the world deal breaker things. They feel like they are, you know, but this is the kind of place where, um, you know, humility really needs to be at work. And I love what, um, I don't know where I wrote that down, but it was talking about in one of these like study days talking about humility is power under control you know that you have the power to walk away you have the power to flex um but humility is choosing to not express that power it's like under keep it under control you don't have to go all that way you just that is, so it's not, humility sometimes we think about it as like such a powerless, like a servant place. And I think that is so much of our, um, mainstream, like, I don't know, I want to say current or modern view on why women are not submissive. You know, we don't want to be submissive wives and that kind of thing. It really feels like it's so powerless and we want to be such equals and all the other things. Those words aren't, aren't meant that way. Humility is not about being powerless. It's about controlling your power. Um, 
submitting is not about uh, letting your husband just do what the heck ever. It's more about submitting to be obedient to God. It's about your relationship with the Lord and trusting him to work it out. And really, that's the only reason this is taking so darn long. Because <laughs> um, had I genuinely trusted, put, put all my trust in the Lord, submitted to his ways, you know, he would be rectifying this in my husband much quicker. I am distracting. I'm making this emotional. I'm stunting my husband's growth because I'm inverting myself and my way and my understanding. That is like the bottom line right there. It really is. Um, I heard, was that last night? I think last night, one of my, um, one of my good friends who's been long time married, um, she filed for divorce, uh, apparently, uh, recently. Uh, it sounds like they just found out yesterday. So that was yesterday was the day after Christmas. And, you know, her teenage son is pissed off about it. And I don't know, it's just really, I mean, this seems like a terrible season, but, but the hurt, the hurt sounds like it's just taken over, you know? And what does Satan want to do? Satan wants to destroy this season every year. You know, he wants to make sure that you, you have something negative to, to look back on. You know, he's expired. He's in, inspiring you to, to feel vindication. You know, I don't know. It's just a terrible thing. Sorry, friends. Um, and we talked often about their marriage. It, from an outsider's perspective, it was clear to several of us that, um, you know, God was their only hope. There was nothing, there was no amount of bending that he was ever going to do, that was ever going to please her. Uh, God really needed to be their only hope. And you can see that when you get hopeless, um, like that's where Satan is. He's ready to, to take over. And that's where humility comes in. Because it's like you feel, you feel weak. You feel powerless. You want to use the only power that you ha can grab onto. You want to, you know, you, you don't want to submit to your husband and his ideas anymore, or, or your relationship and the things that are happening there. The, and and you want to finally just rise up and resist that stuff. And I hope that I never get to that place because I think that so many women just feel that way. I do feel powerless sometimes, but they just feel that way so so far that the only way to feel like it can make it right is um, is to just like rise up and be your own savior, you know. And, um, Like I said, I've been just dwelling on the beauty and of, of our Savior, the reason for him coming, the whole design of, um, of like Jesus's birth, the time, the writing, the, the love and energy that was put into like years and years of, of waiting, uh, with anticipation and, um, 
but the real purpose, you know, to make a way when there was no way to just because God loves us and wants to be close with us. You know, I was trying to write that out yesterday. Like, <clears throat> like, what's the answer to the why? Like, because we were slaves to sin and darkness, but God brought us out of darkness and freed us from sin. He brought us out with Jesus' blood sacrifice. Like, because... Jesus is like God. He 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 made his own way. He became human to be able to like pay our debt. And it doesn't even have to be a debt. It just is the, the thing that can separate us from him. It would give us a covering of this like the wash of the blood that washes us clean and makes us holy so that we can be close with a holy God. Just because it, we might choose him, he washed all of us clean and holy, hoping that we might. It's not even like a required, have to, you know, like forced holiday parental situation. It really is just like, because he loved us. And it might bring us closer to him you know, and I think that's really beautiful. <sighs> so today I'm writing down that I need to, um, my love for God will be expressed by my love for others, particularly my hard others. And I want to love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's as far as I got. But I'm going to say with all my mind. I'm going to write that down. Oh, but it's really with all your soul. <laughs> with all your soul. Like all that stuff inside of you that wells up. For like making and creating and doing and wanting and growing. You know. Your soul is like, right, those things, like, I love to do artsy-fartsy things, or garden, you know, like, your deep down essence, love God with your essence, with your idea of existence, you know, not, I don't know. About God with all your soul, but and with all your might. With all your might. I wrote it down <laughs> again. With all your might. That's my place right there. So, Willfully Creation Studio, this is, this is kind of like, so I usually take these things and I put, I can put, um, like I make little art things so I can visualize what I'm looking at. Um, what I am getting 
from this is that when I was younger, I had this poster on my wall. And as I began to learn to read, it was always on my wall. And it wasn't really a poster. It was more like an embroidered, cute, antique thing. And it was the, now I lay me down to bed. Um, lay, I don't know. I don't remember it now. I thought it would come back to me better. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should wake. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. If I should, I don't know. But it was something of this nature, right? It was embroidered and it was really cute. And it was like um, large, large enough that I could read the letters from across the room, like laying in bed in the semi-dark and um, had little like kittens and other things on there. Hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it in my memory. Anyways, but I realized that, and that's what I really want, like for Willfully Creation Studios, like I need more of the word of God, like on the walls in my house. Uh, I have a small house. I have a tiny house. Um, I do have something in my kitchen that says, it's got like a whisk on it and it says, just beat it. I think that's hilarious. I love anything that's connected to like musical song things because, uh, I have a really great memory for lyrics, but I need to have this on my wall. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It needs to be one of those things that you can read you know growing up again and again you're laying there you're spending time it's behind you it's around you um it's what you need to know what you need to learn i think this other this other little expression i don't think this is a verse i think this is just an expression that i either wrote down or i got from my reading but your love for god will be expressed by your love for others like that is why you know the commandment is to like love god and love others, you know, because your love for God will be expressed by your love for others. And it can't really, it's hard to directly love God more than just, you know, our, our spiritual time. But when you go out of your house, you're going to be able to like really, you know, physically and emotionally like be there with people and love them and extend yourself and extending yourself as a way of loving God. But I think that would be a great little, like, motto to be raised with. You know, your love for God will be expressed by your love for others. And as you grow up, you, you'll be, hopefully, will become more profound um, and graspable. I remember when I was younger reading some of the things that I was, like I said, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, like, what? If I'm like little, like I'm going to die before I wake up, you know, like I get it. It's just a rhyme and it's something and I guess, you know, could happen, but it just, when I was younger, I didn't really have a mind for understanding what it, what it was. And that was just a, a sweet little prayer before bed. Um, but a lot of times I just lay there and read it again and again. So that's my hope. I'm going to make a poster, I'll post it on my Instagram, which I haven't really been plugging here, but I have a little Instagram growing of some other verses and ideas that I've talked about on the podcast um, recordings. 
I try to put like visual to these things, my visual thoughts. So I'll put, I'll work on that and put that together. And I guess also just making a note to my myself or saying out there, um, my my husband and I, <laughs> in the mix of all this like, and I think that's the other thing too. I have to really pay attention to. Gosh, in the mix of all of this fighting that I'm sharing with you, my husband and I are really just passionately in love with this idea of wanting to do something for the teens to this area that we moved to. This area we moved to is probably less rural than a lot of the areas up here, but it's more rural for us. We came from a very big area um, down in Southern California, Orange County, like, and now we're up in the Oregon, like just on, inside the Oregon coast of Brookings, and uh, which you could look up, but you know, yeah, Deborah, look it up. <laughs> no, Deborah's been here. <laughs> um, Deborah's my listener. She's my fan right now. I mean, you know, when she gets a chance. But, <laughs> um, what was I thinking? Anyways, but this area, you know, while it does have stores like shopping and things like that that some of these cities don't have, <laughs> it has not much in the offerings for teens. Um, I think also because the demographic here is changing. And uh, when my parents moved here, it was mostly like just a retirement area. And the median age was like uh, 50, you know, that's, that's almost crazy to think about. But I really, I should look up the median age now because I think in like the six or seven years that they've lived here, it really has changed because these older people die off and uh, young people are able to get these homes cheap and the work is moving here more because there are older people. So we're finally getting like they just opened an emergency room here. We don't have a real hospital, but we finally got an emergency room. Um, but the hospital down the way from here has gotten bigger and uh, getting more people, more employees, more working. Uh, just the doctor's offices in the area. You know, I guess there was like a little boom of medical and, you know, you can't find a lot to rent around here because the medical professionals are renting everything. And one person even posted online that she's been renting out her extra house to like nurses when they come through and they need to be here for a while. And uh, so you can tell like that that's going to bring working class, working aged people. And those people sometimes have children. And so there's a flux. Like right now we're really having a big, not that you care. I'm just sharing with you. Okay. Um, but like childcare need. Um, anyways. So, but our teens have like nothing. And before anybody gets up and running anything, they're going to just get really overlooked. So I really think that part of our fighting too is like Satan just wants to get us completely derailed from pouring into these young, pliable teenagers that would be so easy for him to like get into their hearts and minds if no one is being able to have the energy to pour extra into them. And, um, I just genuinely am believing that right now. I hadn't thought about it and hadn't seen it. And that's just a genuine experience right now. I'm realizing because like I said, we're not fighting about anything big. We're just getting to that ugly place where like, ugh, I can't stand you. Like why? It's all in our head. It's all in our thoughts. It's all in like Satan's little whispers of like hate and angry. And so in that we have several times just been like, fine, I quit this, like, you know, before we're even quitting the marriage kind of conversation. Like I quit this, I 
quit this uh, nonprofit. And it's like, oh, well, this is coming, coming together now. I see, I see your little plan, sir. I don't approve. We're gonna. Um, so my husband's really wanted to punch forward with this. We put it out that we want to do pickup donations and start trying to like, you know, use that stuff to resell, to make funds, to try to like, you know, in, in steps, we want to be able to have a place for teens to come and hang out. Um, but we could offer them like they could come and garage sale with us. Like we're picking up the stuff. They can go pick up stuff with us and garage sale stuff with us, like as a beginning place to hang out and that those funds can go directly back to like them doing things um, or encouraging days to be together or something like that. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, there are a lot of churches in this area. I'm sure that the youth groups are trying really hard, but this, the, the churches are small. It's hard to, you know, have enough energy to be able to put in, into them. And this will be a, you know, uh, we both have, have, you know, Christian hearts towards this, but it would be more of a secular, you know, program where hopefully they would see, um, Christ in us or he can come across in a way, but we would just be able to be, you know, having a good time, loving, enjoying, good time, listen to you <coughs> or just provide a place where it's not about adults interacting with you, just you being able to be with your friends in a safe, dry place doing something that's not, you know, drinking drugs or having sex, you know, which is like, you know, those are the top fun things to do when you're a teen. <laughs> um, anyways, so I'm just putting that out there and, you know, pray for, pray for that. It's bigger than us. I can feel it. Like I said, we've had great responses. We have somebody that's gifting us. I think they're there two whole storage units. Um, sounds like we'll know in a couple of days more about that. But, um, you know, just tons of people, tons of people just responding with so much stuff. And we're just going to start picking this stuff up and we're just going to start having, you know, <coughs> sales. We want to start a little thrift shop when we can just keep the thrift shop running, you know, and have it bringing in you know, money, hopefully, hopefully it's not sucking, sucking money, hopefully it's able to bring in money, and then from there, be able to get these kids more cool hangout spots, make a cool hangout spot at the thrift store, you just sit on the furniture, I kind of picture that, like, you know, have like a Goodwill looking kind of thing, and the kids are just like hanging out on the, on the furniture, like in the middle of the store, I don't know, that's funny, uh, I was thinking storage unit stuff now too, like, um, you know, in the back of the storage unit, we'll make a little, a little faux, like, house-looking thing, make it a hangout, um, if we did something like that last year, um, we were renting out a room to one of my friends, and, uh, we, we lived in 300 square feet, we let her have the bedroom, and we we're just... <laughs> 
but we had two garages, which was nice, you know, for storage and whatnot. And so we took one of the garages and we, we did make it a hangout space because she needed some kind of more living space than just the bedroom. And we had like the living room area. We turned it into a bedroom room, living room, kitchen. And um, so she should, I mean, she hung out in there quite often when the weather was good. And uh, with Southern California, <laughs> I'm going to say things like weather is good. And like here, it's like so much colder. You couldn't do that here the same way. Um, but if we have a power, we can put a little heater in there. I don't know. Now I'm just talking on my idea. But we'll make a hangout in the back of the storage unit as soon as we get some, some space. And we can encourage these kids to just be together, enjoy a, a place to enjoy each other, be outside the house. Maybe you can't have people over at your house, you know, or I don't know. Sometimes it feels cooler to be out doing something. And, uh... We'll see. Anyways, 